the banks of the Great River, high above the Allure Gorge. This is the Buzzer Podcast. Indie music, new releases, industry insiders, out-of-the-box conversations with guests from the true north, from the west coast to the east coast, to across the pond, and from down under. And now, here is Shay. Hey, y'all. I am Shay. This is the Buzzer Podcast, independent music, releases global coverage. Welcome and enjoy episode 74. Halifax, Patrick and Daniel's hot new duel is on the show today. Guests are Jesse Patrick and Tyler Daniels. The pair fuse blues, jazz, funk, rock, hole, and hip-hop. An incredible talent from Eastern Canada. Great chat. Enjoy the show. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Tyler. How are you doing? Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Thanks. Hey. And you're calling in from where? Nova Scotia? Nova Scotia. Good mm. old Dartmouth. <laughs> Dartmouth. Oh, I lived in Halifax for some time. Okay, there you go. Beautiful yeah. city. Yeah, I love it. I loved it. I worked in Sackville and uh, lived almost by, almost near Pegasus Cove. It was beautiful. Okay. It's been beautiful. So thank you uh, for spending your time, both of you. Uh, we're going to be talking about... The Old Soul New Vibe seven track album that was released this year in January. Spin a couple of tracks and talk about you both as artists and your Patrick and Daniels uh, dual band. So, how about a bit of trivia before we start the show? Sure, I like it. Sounds good. Okay. Question Keith Moon and John Entwistle of The Who are said to have inspired the name of which other classic rock band? Guess Who? The Guess Who, you say? Yeah. Nope. Okay. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually so simple, it's hard. The answer is Led Zeppelin. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I know. I thought it was pretty cool, too. I'm going, oh, my God. But I think they hung out together back in the U.K., I won't lie to you. I would have never guessed that in a million years. Yeah. <laughs> I do know who Keith Moon is, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're the grandfathers. I like to hope so, Tyler. Okay. They're, 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 they're the forefathers of rock now. Yes. Uh, forefathers of rock. But they're still in the news, some of them. And uh, I really like the music you are putting out. Uh, it's, it's really hard to pin down, but I've heard you heard that. I'm sure you've heard that before. Uh, oh, thank you. I'm really glad yeah. you enjoyed it. It's a surprise. I was listening to the tape Fire Barrel Blues, right? Okay. Uh, it was the first time I heard it. And I'm like, okay, I hear a bit of a, a jazzy class blues with a bit of Motown. And all of a sudden you go into straight hip hop. And we're not talking Drake vibe. We're talking real hip hop. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, it's a lot of energy. It's really good. I love it. Thank I, love you. It. I, I ha- honestly it. haven't seen an act uh, or an artist uh, that diverse in one track in like forever. Like I was really impressed. Oh, well, thank you. That, that means a lot to me. Um, it's, you know, making it in the industry these days, you have to be doing something that nobody else is doing. So to hear that, you know, someone hears something that they've never heard before is just the greatest. Um, 
greatest bit of praise that I could receive. So thank you. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. But you know, you do find artists daily that are have a vibe influence. You can you can hear the influence, but not such like heart a direct influence. Like to go from Motown to all of a sudden straight rap and that and you really fused it into the song incredible. It 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 was really good. Really good. I'm impressed. It, it's uh funny, none of the none of the rap was written when I went in to record it. <laughs> no way. I'd been sitting so on that. So you just hook. went into a free rap? Pretty well. Like when I went in to record that tune, I didn't have it written. I only had the hook. That was the only part of the track that was finished. Um, and we put a deadline to get into the studio and get recording it. Yeah. And I hit writer's block when we were setting up the times. And then what I ended up doing is writing out that tune mm-hmm. while he was setting up the microphones in the studio. <laughs> so it was like a 10 or 15 minute prep track. Oh my God. And then you decide to do it by rap. Yeah, that that whole thing was written in about 15, 20 minutes while we were setting up. And it was really funny when we recorded it too, because the studio that we were in when we were recording was in Cochrane. And he had this like beautiful, beautiful Pearl drum kit. Like it had to have been like a $15,000 kit. And I gave my drummer 20 bucks and I said, make me a drum kit. And he came back with duct tape and a bunch of buckets oh, and really? a... Uh, a two by two piece of sheet metal that we punched a hole through to make a ride symbol. And that's how we recorded the song. No way. Yeah. We wanted it to sound very street and raw and uncut. And that's the most uncut kind of drums, I guess you could put on, on record. Okay. That explains, that explains it. That explains it. So tell us a bit about the both of you. Uh, Whoever's more comfortable can start next. just want to know a bit about your background, how you became involved with music, and what drives you to keep going. Uh, well, I mean, I've I've been around music my my whole life. My mom sings, my dad plays. Everyone on both sides of the family is involved in music in some way, shape, and form, and oh. either plays guitar or sings. So, I mean, I've always been around music, and it's always been encouraged. Um, but I mean, the I guess the moment where I decided I wanted to do music for myself was on a day that uh, dad let me play hooky from school and <laughs> listen to Jimi Hendrix on vinyl. Because he just wanted, like, as I was starting to really kind of get interested in music, All he right. wanted a day where we just sat around and listened to records. So uh, Jimi Hendrix experience came on and that literally changed my life and I wanted to play guitar and there was never a question in my mind after that. Yeah, but you started on the trumpet. I did originally, yes. Uh, the first instrument that I played was trumpet. I played that all through school band and then in all city jazz and uh, classical. Uh, really, really enjoyed. And I wish that I stuck with it longer, to be honest. I'm trying to get back to it now in my later years just to to keep my projects new and unique and original and add something new to the tunes as we're writing new ones for our next project. So mm-hmm. it's a hard instrument. It is, but I, the more you can do, the more work you can pick up. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that played for the Montreal symphony. It oh, very trumpet, nice. Played the trumpet and um, retired early because of a, 
a lip injury, but very difficult. It did a lot of uh, a lot of practice. A lot of, a lot practice. of practice. So you picked up the guitar uh, roughly around twelve, and yes. uh, you went from there. Have you played other instruments like the bass or? Yeah, I play a little bass when I have to, and I've played a little drums when I've had to. Uh, play, I can play some piano enough to put some chords into a tune if it was absolutely needed. Um, but I've always kind of stuck pretty close to spending most of my time on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Tyler? Uh, for me, uh, my um, the only person that's into music in my family was, or my grandparents on my father's side. Um, my grandfather was in band when he was younger. Uh, and my grandmother is actually still in a barbershop quartet. That's oh, cool. wow. Yeah. So that's actually kind of where I learned how to sing harmony was from her. But uh, really what first got me into music was uh, my dad took me to a, uh, a Megadeth and Slayer concert in Moncton, New Brunswick, where I'm originally from. Uh, Megadeth. Yeah, Megadeth, yeah. <laughs> cool <Yep>. dad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was just watching them, and I was, at, at the time, I was I was into heavy metal, but I wasn't really, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't know if I wanted to be a guitar player or a bass player or a drummer. But mm-hmm. then after Megadeth was done their set, I remember the the drummer was looking around in the crowd, and I... I pointed at him and like, you're awesome. And he kind of looked at me and pointed back at me. I was like, that's who I want to be right there. I want to be the drummer for a metal mm-hmm. band. So that's what I actually did for the longest time was I'd sit down, listen to Slayer and Megadeth and just <laughs> learn how to play all that stuff uh, just by ear. Um, wow. And then, uh, yeah. So, and so yeah, meeting Jesse, like I wasn't really into um, jazz or blues or anything like that for me that was that's too soft growing up like that's nah, it's too soft and then i guess my stepdad was right one time he told me he goes oh one day you'll be into country and jazz and i was like yeah you're just an old man whatever nope now i love this stuff i can't get enough of it i mean i'm still not that good of a drummer when it comes to that but uh singing wise actually singing wise funny enough it was I always, you know, sang harmony along with tunes because I figured I'm the drummer. I'll never be like the lead singer, like uh, um, Don Henley or uh, Phil Collins. But uh, one time I was listening. All right, I started getting Stephen into a band Tyler. Called, what was that? <laughs> or Stephen Tyler? Oh yeah. yeah. But um, I uh, actually got into a band a few years ago called Steel Panther, and uh, they're more of like a, a '80s glam kind of like a parody band okay so um and the lead singer he's like you know he does all the classic like 80s screaming and stuff like that right so i remember i was singing it one time and a friend of mine was like man you actually sound kind of just like that guy and i was like ah, oh, maybe i can be a lead singer and then that's what i was kind of doing was drumming and singing with a friend of mine uh patrick mm-hmm. and uh then one day i put an ad on kijiji and uh this guy here responded to it and he sent me uh, a link to one of his songs, which was fire barrel blues. And I was like, Oh man, this guy's really good. This guy's really good. And then like yourself, the second verse came on. I was like, Oh, this guy's the real deal. And there's nobody who's ever done this before. So I was like, yeah, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm in. Wow. So that's how you two met. Yeah, it is. I just responded to, they were looking for a rhythm guitarist with a, 
with someone who could do some harmonies. And I was just like, hey, well, I play all over town, but I'm always looking to pick up work. And then I invited them out to come try out for a little blues jazz project that I was putting together. Then pandemic happened and changed our plans. But Tyler just kept coming to jams with some of the other guys that I was playing with at the time. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, more specifically Jester J. Brown. And then it just kind of, the three of us just kind of clicked and, Oh. Me and Tyler have kind of been doing our thing since. Yep. Okay, so you're a three or a two piece band. We we were a three, now we're a uh, two. Okay. Okay. I can understand your uh, transition from metal to, uh, well, for the lack of a better term, for the jazz genre in yeah. drumming. Remarkably different drumming techniques. Oh, it's it's not even like like so people like see me do all these like crazy double bass roles yeah. and stuff like that and they're like man you're awesome and then somebody puts on a jazz track like a, <laughs> a moon dance or something and i'm lost like i don't even know what i'm doing yeah, i can fake I it know. now i can fake uh, it now and i've been around it for like almost a year so but yeah still got a little little work to do there that's difficult but you're, get, you're getting your groove you're getting your groove yeah, luckily I, I just played the Gajon with this two-piece, two so I don't have to worry about it that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I studied the progressions, actually. My favorites are the drums. So then oh, nice. um, uh, I find it remarkable how different uh, the crossover from uh, one type of music to another is, especially in terms of the drumming, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I can understand your angst. So uh, I'll throw this out to Jesse. Because uh, your music has so much sure. different influences. Who influenced you? Like what um, artists? In if terms you, of if, artists, if, I mean, yeah, Jimi Hendrix was massive yeah. influence. Okay. Um, yeah. Jimmy revolutionized the way the guitar was played. and 100%. Um, it, you know, he was, he was the first person that made me want to play guitar. And he's the person that every day that I think about when I pick up my Strat. Um, mm-hmm. so definitely Jimmy, but I'm a big fan of BB King, Albert King, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan is absolutely amazing. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Stevie Wonder fan, Otis Redding, you know, that, that whole era of soul and Motown and now Neo soul making that's transitioned into music here as being the more popular genre. I'm really into Neo soul as well right now. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Benny, uh, you're influenced by Hendrix. Do you have any psychedelic influence in your music? <laughs> are, are you asking if I take drugs to write lyrics? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. How could you even get that from that? Okay. Well, if you, no, you asked I, if there are psychedelics, I, I mean, I, 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 no. I, I am a fan of my, my fungi. But... I, I did immediately <laughs> take mushrooms as well. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, is it is it a, a form of uh, a genre, if you can say it that way, a form of music that you infuse into your music, the psychedelic era? Oh, I. <laughs> oh, that makes more oh. sense. So you really didn't get my question, did you? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I wouldn't say so much. Like when it comes to like if you're talking psychedelic rock, like The Doors, Pink Floyd. Yeah, not as much. Um, I definitely like respect and appreciate ambient guitar, but me, I kind of use that in a bit of a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'll be the I'm the first one. I'm not a big Pink Floyd fan, which mm, I should I. be because it's everything that I should like, but I, I don't know. It just it gets a little long and dragged out for me. Not when you're um, on mushrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good to sleep too. <laughs> definitely, definitely. No, I I, I like rock. I I I I agree. It's great music, but I never got on with the with it. Yeah. But more like that '70s, like funkadelic era. Like I'm really into, uh, like chic. Like now, now Rogers is probably one of the coolest musicians in the industry in terms of his production, but also his style mm-hmm. of guitar play. Um, okay. Just so cool, so crisp, so clean. Everything with a really funky guitar pattern. You can pretty much bet that Nile Rogers has had his fingers in it. So. Um, okay. He's definitely a big influence that way in terms of like how I want to structure chords and sounds. And That's awesome. So we're going to spin the first track, Fire Barrel Blues. Can you tell us a bit about the song? You've talked about your creative process, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a bit about the backstory for the song? Uh, well... I did tell you kind of how we came to producing it and it wasn't really something that was written, but it's funny when you think back on things because sometimes you write something and it you doesn't really correlate right away as to what it was about necessarily. But mm-hmm. then when you're kind of recording it, the story becomes a little more clear. Um, okay. I used to get in a lot of trouble at one point in time. And with that being said, you know, I, I've made some mistakes and in doing that, I've also hit some personal mental lows where you get into these rock bottom, hating yourself moments. And Mm -hmm. this tune specifically kind of came to be in having one of those nights and I got wasted and went out looking for trouble and pretty rough necks of town. And I ended up at a burn barrel with a bunch of strangers and we just kind of talked about our life problems then and there and kind of felt good about it after. And I made some pretty heavy life decisions within a couple days of that to leave Nova Scotia and kind of get out on my own and get away from everything just to clear my head and, and re up. And that's really what about fire barrel blues is about is, Mm -hmm. you know, you can you can sit there and sing your shoulda woulda coulds, but if you're not going to do something to change it, then you know you can't be upset with the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the track. We're going to hear it now. Fire Barrel Blues. <laughs> story about a man who won the world at the Monte cars in the mansion the most beautiful of girls he was a fool to see the wealthy for his eyes yes it's true when the wise men say the blind will lead the blind to so take a shot from that old brown paper bag words that I will say 
fool The devil goes and strips away your soul Strips away your soul As I sit beside the burning bed of the fire Singing all that shoulda, woulda, coulds In the day of night I drink my booze away Cause there's nothing more for me to lose And the nights are cold and it won't be long To all that's left of me is dead and gone Nothing to do but to sing But to sing that fire burning Gather round the barrel, tell your tale, I'll put some wisdom to it This is for the bullied bottle chasers and the drug abusers When you're at a low, I know it's tough to see your future I speak through music, if you listen, then I'll see you to it I've sat on top, thought nothing could ever reach me On the train to fame and fortune, only the devil was there to greet me The demons in the smoke from my future, present and past They feud, heckle and laugh as the flames move, shuffle and dance I had a weapon drawn, squeezing it with a sweaty palm Knowing the slip of the trigger finger would just end it all From the pits of hell, I crawl and Claw my way about it, smash the reflection in the mirror And change my mind about it, so tell me you have no money Tell me you have no car Tell me that you're broke and you can't hold down a job Tell me all your woes, tell me the pain is real Tell me all the substance you're using to cope and deal Tell me about your anger, tell me about your pain Tell me all the things that have you going insane I'll tell you that you're worth it, you can change your circumstance Find the love inside you to help you make that stance Nothing to do but to sing, but to sing by a Thank you.
what you tried to accomplish with the song, I think you did accomplish. It's a great track. And that Thank message you. sounds uh, comes through loud and clear. It's very good. It's very good. I, I had no idea it was a uh, a personal um, personal experience of yours. So you've had a rough go up until now? Uh, well, I mean, I've had patches of rough goes, but, you know, as I've gotten older and wiser, you know, I, I, I grew up young and now I'm just kind of slowing my roll down. You know, I've, I've lived a lot of experience that a lot of other people may, may not in this, in this world. And that's really cool. Cause that's all I'm after now is, is life experience and mm-hmm. growing and not focusing so much on the negative aspects of life as much as the positive. You know, um, mm-hmm. music right now is moving in a very positive direction. We're picking up steam. We're getting more popular. We're getting more local and um, national airplay. We're getting more streams. All of our insights are up. So, I mean, that's always a good feeling, too, that that's great. in creating the tracks, you can see that it's resonating with people. Otherwise, it wouldn't grow. Uh-huh. 100%. 100%. So, you're as a band or as a duo... Uh, do you create together or do you have a, a certain process where one does the lyrics and the other, the melody or. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say I'm more of the Art Garfunkel of the group. Um, okay. he's, more of the, he's more of the Simon. He's got all these awesome lyrics and stuff and okay. can harmonize, but you know, when you need a really high note that somebody needs to hit, I can do that. <laughs> okay. So you, you do, you come a you work as a pair together. We do, like especially when it comes to vocal arrangement. I'm doing a lot more of the lyric writing, um, but I always, whenever I'm working on something, hey, what do you like? What do you don't like? You know, I'm I'm very fortunate that I have a, you know, not just Tyler, but I have a super team of people and that uh, help with the media and the production. Uh, mm-hmm. Krista Fewer and Jimmy Torres being more specific. And without their input being like, how do we see, okay, here's a tune that I've written. Now, is this something that we're going to utilize? Because if it's not something that we can utilize or have a vision for in the end of it, yeah, typically it gets turfed. Um, okay. It goes into a vault pile until maybe I readdress it and rework it. Um, you know, right now where we're so financially invested into this business we're definitely focusing more on the marketability and more of the production rollouts versus, okay, we've got a tune that's nice, soft, and beautiful mm-hmm. on its own, but we we want to make sure that, you know, with the cost of production and the lack of pay now that comes from streaming services mm-hmm. that we can utilize it to our advantage and not just be a good standalone song as well. I want everything kind of at this point to be radio friendly. And they, uh, that makes a lot of sense. You touched on that a bit when we were talking before uh, the episode was uh, being taped is that you're building a, uh, a a studio resource center for creatives in Halifax. Uh, yeah, we're working on that now. I mean, alongside Tyler and my media team there, we're all partnering up uh, to start our own multimedia production company. That's awesome. We'll be doing corporate advertising, but we'll also be doing uh, graphic design, 
um, EPKs, like electronic uh, press kits for artists or models or whatever that they need, like building their portfolios, websites, um, social media marketing campaigns, specifically those one minute clips and things like that. Because I think that social media is the way of the future for advertising. You kind of see it weaning out with TV. Um, Mm. So we're looking to get into those places, you know, not the, you know, when artists have invested, but they don't know what to do next. You know, they've got some music and they've got a little bit of a following, but where do you go from there? Cause I know that for myself personally, as I've been growing, been a lot of steps back to get steps forward because you're making silly industry mistakes or you're doing a lot of things right, but you're not doing it with the media content or you're not building your portfolio right or whatever it is. So we want to be the company that represents those people um, that are just looking to get ahead. You know, we'll help promote, we'll help book, we'll render your media services and we're not looking to own the rights to your music because as we produce it, because it's hard enough as it is to get paid for music that we work hard for when Mm -hmm. there's 60,000 tunes a day now Mm -hmm. uh, being uploaded, which was the last stat that I saw. So things get buried. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So we just, we want to be that resource where you can come through. And if you want to record a live on floor, sell some tickets to it, we can record it live. We can do your videos, your photos, your media marketing campaigns, whatever it is that you need for your, your business, whether it's music industry or likewise. Good. Now I wanted to mention that because I'm very impressed when young people form something that uh, as a resource, like your artists, your performers, but you go beyond that and you're uh, going on the business side. I think it's great. I think it's great. Well, we're all about building community, right? I mean, for Mm -hmm. a little while, it kind of seemed like that disappeared for a little while that you know the community wasn't so much as necessarily working together versus against each other Mm -hmm. um so we're just looking to to change that and just work with talented and like-minded people that just want to see the industry get better awesome so if you're in halifax look up jesse and tyler (laughs) that's great that's great can we talk a bit about the video for uh fire barrel blues Sure. Now that you've told me about your personal experience and you see the uh, around the barrel scene and Mm -hmm. that's when you go into the rap. So that's exactly what happened that night that you did a shift in your thinking. It it definitely it's I mean, not so much quite like that, but uh, where they gathered around me, I more joined this random group of people that were around it. Um, But yeah, we just kind of walked up and was embraced and you know sometimes when you're when you're drinking or using substance you know you have a little bit of you got to get some stuff off your chest and that was just my place to to get the stuff off my chest that night and you know clearly it inspired something else in me because a lot of this album was written tailored around that the album was originally supposed to be called tales around the burn barrel oh really Um, but just as i've as my mentality has shifted in recording the project and mm-hmm. the way that my writing has changed in regards to that as well, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of marketed it from a different direction, mm-hmm. more of the growth and not so much of the hardship. 
I love the name of it. Old Soul, New Vibe. It's a great, it's a great album cover. Thank it's a great album title. Yeah. So let's talk about the song Distraction that was released this year. So who's who's on? Tyler oh, I'm, Jesse. I'm still on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you tell uh, us a bit about that before we spin it? Yeah, absolutely. I wrote that tune when I was in a band out west in Alberta called New Jack Break. Um, with one of my best friends in the world and, you know, my, my brother from another mother, Anthony Manuel, um, you know, we, we did a little bit of sessioning and writing together. We had a really cool band and we played a lot as a duo act too. It seems to be a, a format that I end up back to somehow every time, but, uh, mm-hmm. he, we met at a place there called community, which was just this little cool tea shop. And he's like, Hey man, I wrote this really cool hook. And then, you know, we took it home and um, started messing with some chords. And then I kind of wrote the rest of the the tune around it. And, you know, he's got his story on where his inspiration comes from. And that's the cool thing about collaborations is, you mm-hmm. know, you're you're sharing a melody, but you have very different perspectives. And 100%. Um, yeah. So for me, a lot of that tune is about when I was playing a show in Canmore at a place called the tavern. Then this girl was dancing in front of us and we were paying way more attention to her than <laughs> it was the music. And I kind of got lost and then completely stopped playing while my band was still going until they finally realized that I wasn't playing anymore. And then we all just kind of like took a stop to get some eye contact and come back into the tune. So, mm-hmm. um, when Anthony wrote, you know, you can distract me any day. That's kind of where my mind went to after that. So mm-hmm. you can say the tune is loosely based around that, but uh, Anthony's <laughs> got his own cool little story to that where he used to run a, a uh, health shop of sorts in, in Halifax where they, they had some fun and <laughs> he's like a life coach and stuff. So they do like a lot more like holistic kind of stuff and, and uh, he's he's got some really great webinar videos and stuff like that on that's on personal cool. life coaching and development. So that's pretty. You know, cool. He's got his own stories revolving around that with distractions. So that's amazing. Yeah, shout out Anthony if you're listening. We love you, buddy, and we love the song. <laughs> now we're going to spin "Distraction" featuring Anthony Manuel. To reality, yeah Even when you're near your essence Costume Taunting with whispers of your intimacy Our music's grooving but my heart gives a beat Your flavor source 
seductive It's torturing me Because
You can distract me any day. So tell me about the local music scene. I've noticed on social media you have a ton of gigs booked. Yeah, we've got uh, quite a few gigs booked, uh, mostly as the Patrick and Daniels. That's definitely the more um, popular show amongst most of the venues out here at this po- point in time, you know, as mm-hmm. things are opening up with, you know, pandemic restrictions loosening. But, you know, it's been rough on restaurants and and bar owners and stuff. So full bands aren't really quite where we want to be yet, but we are playing a few tunes as our band, the brothers and groove. Um, so we're pretty excited. We can have the best of both worlds right now for sure. That's awesome. Glad to see it's opening up. It's definitely nice that uh, my family can come up and see some shows now, seeing as they've been all stuck in New Brunswick this whole time. Uh, okay. They're all from New Brunswick. Yeah, yeah. We're, I was originally born in Moncton and then uh, oh, grew up cool. in, uh, around the St. John area. I'd say where I'm really from, but nobody knows where it is. New Wijewak, <laughs> Chris Pamsis. I know where it is. Oh, I, 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 I lived a summer in Hampton. Oh, did you? Nice. Yes, did I? Yep. Did you? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I loved it. You go to the LCBL, right? Like I'm from Toronto. So you go to Toronto and they have like a a tray with little glasses, right? I first time I went to the Hampton LCBO, right? The lady, I go to the t- the till, and she goes, "Would you like to taste today's wine?" I go, "I'd love to." And she had a bottle of wine underneath in a cooler under the cash, and brought it up, and then poured the wine. I was like, I was so in love. I thought I was so so laid back and amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. No, yeah, I spent I spent a summer there. That's great. Thank you for uh, uh, talking about the local music scene. I'm sure you're excited about the gigs that you're going to be playing. You definitely are one of the best, busier bands out there that I'm following. Um, but yeah, no, as, as a duo, we've got lots of gigs. Uh, we've got, we're in Yarmouth, we're in Cape Breton, we're going to New Brunswick. Yeah, I saw that. Now we're hoping to get out to Ontario and then hoping to get out to Alberta and then back to the Caribbean next year to see my uh, my Bahamian brethren. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, the beautiful part of being an artist, eh? So travel. I actually like that part. Yeah, I it's like uh, that part. taken me some pretty cool places. And I think that uh, I got the opportunity a few years ago to go play in NASA. Uh-huh. And it's probably one of my my favorite places I've gotten to play in. I can't wait to go oh, back. Awesome. I hope you do. Go. Hope you do. <laughs> so I have a, I, I saw a rumor. It was probably, well, more so of a post I read of yours uh, that you have a project coming out with uh, Mike Howard of the Bare Naked Ladies fame. Can you talk a bit about that? I can talk a little bit about it. I got to be a little bit vague here just because 100%. of that. Uh, the the way that this is kind of working and some things that need to still align up. But uh, we are planning to be working with uh, Grammy-winning producer Mark Howard in November. We're pretty excited about that. Uh, had a had a good chat with his liaison, Don, Don Coleman, and um, made the link. We decided that 
we wanted to to do something cool and we're going to do uh an acoustic LP for Patrick and Daniel oh, wow. is kind of the plan so we're writing new music now and working on it together and we're going to we're going to blast the Patrick and Daniel's name awesome i look forward to hearing it we got some cool stuff Yay. coming out well, I, I hearing what you have out now I anticipate you have very cool stuff coming out. I love you, music. And it'll have me on it this time. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm in the band, too. Yay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Okay, so where's the best place to find you? You can find us on all social medias at Jesse Patrick Music, uh, Patrick and Daniels, or Tyler Daniels Music. We keep our social medias pretty up to date. Um, my show schedule is pinned to my Facebook. So if you hit Jesse Patrick music on Facebook, our show schedule is all set up. My website will be been running soon, but until then we're running through our social medias. And we will also awesome. have an Instagram page for Patrick and Daniels soon. As soon as I make it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jesse and Tyler for coming on to the show. Uh, given this is an update about your music and I hope nothing but great things for you guys. You're great. No, duo. thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we see you in Ontario soon. Once we book some shows out that way. Yeah. Thanks for having us on a hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you all for tuning in to the buzzer podcast. Thank you to the artists on today's show. The show wouldn't happen without your music. Episodes run Mondays and Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Follow us on Instagram at The Buzzroll Media and on Twitter at The Buzzer Indie. Subscribe feast at TheBuzzerPod.com. The Buzzroll Media has sponsored this podcast. Music is provided by Kevin Estrella, Pyramids on Mars. On Air Indie, from iPad to yours, over the airways. Have a good one. See you next episode. Cheers.